Welcome everybody, philibusterfreestyle.com presents Wine, Wall, and Dragons. Season one is in the books for House of the Dragon on HBO, and we are bringing back our buddy Dan O'Brien to join me, your buddy Gavin, to talk about the end of the season. So episodes seven through ten are in play. You can go back in the archives and look at our review and discussion on episodes one through six. But the bottom line is we're a season in. We know a season two is coming. We know it's going to be at least another year and a half, maybe two years before we see it. So let the Wine, Wall, and Dragons crew do what we do. Talk about Westeros. Here comes the theme song. But Before we bring in the theme song, don't forget to check out our merchandise line and our merchandise po- uh, partnership Excuse me, with Pop Sketch Designs. That is on Instagram, at Pop Sketch Designs. Or you can go to the Etsy store www.etsy.com slash shop slash pop sketch designs. Check out all the gear, all the inventory right in time for the holiday season. Plus, there's free shipping. You can't beat that at pop sketch designs. Again, filibuster freestyle theme song coming your way. And then Wine Wall and Dragons season one finale conclusion discussion, if you will, with our buddy Dan O'Brien. All right, folks, as promised, Dan O'Brien joins us. We talked about episodes one through six. We may or may not talk about episodes seven, eight, nine, and ten, but we're certainly going to be covering. The season finale slash where we think things are. Plus, Dan's Philadelphia Phillies are back in the World Series for the first time since 2009. Dan, mm. welcome. How are you? Um, very good. Thank you very much for asking. Doing great. Uh, like you said, the Phillies are playing in the World Series for only the, the fourth time in my adult life. And by, they played two times when I, when I was six and younger. Um, right in the eighties so, and stuff. Right, but yeah, yeah so, they were, so they were ninety ninety three, right, against the Blue Jays, and then obviously oh right. eight when they won it, oh mm-hmm. nine they lost it to the Yankees, to and the cheating the cheating A Rod Yankees. He was the only one that hit in that series, and he batted like eight hundred, and he it was found out later he was on a super cycle of whatever he was taking that that postseason. Was the roof closed? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so the Astros beat the Yankees because their roof was open. Uh, and so w- welcome to the World Series. We're going to get into that. But first, for Wine Wall and Dragons, folks, season one's in the books, man. Um, so I guess number one, you know, I think you were you were pretty lukewarm about going back to Westeros. Yeah. And, and when we left you in episode six, which was the first episode of Time Jump, with some of the new female leads – how did you, just before we get into some specifics, how did you feel episodes 7 through 10 left you in terms of satiated, you know, su- you know, surprised and ready for more or not? No, it's, it's always, I, re- I enjoyed it. And it got better as, it, as the season went along. And, and just as you said, I, when they first announced the series like two years ago, I was excited. And strangely, I can't even put my finger on it now. Why? But as it got closer, I was I got less and less excited because I was like, it just, it's not going to live up. Um, yeah. It's going to be more like the last few episodes of, of the original Game of Thrones, which were sort of underwhelming. Um, and it started slow, but it has to. There's a ton of exposition. I get it. So like, I wasn't 
I didn't want to throw it out because of that. Um, but as the season went along, and even with the time jump, you know, that kind of reset the chess pieces a little bit. Um, so we had to do a little more exposition. But I enjoyed it overall. That being said, it's sort of like a, it's a tough watch. Um, mm. And in some ways, because why Game of Thrones was a tough watch, because there were some brutal scenes. I think, what was there? Over the course of 10 episodes, there was four just horrendous birth scenes where, like, the mortality rate is, like, 75%. Yes. Um, like, really, birth scenes that just linger. Uh, I mean, and they, chances are when they show birth scenes, it's not going to go well for the baby and or the mother, right? I mean, I, Yeah, I think out of all of them, only, only one, one group came out unscathed. Uh, the rest, either one or both of the people died. Right. It's, um, it's wondrous anybody can even live in Westeros with the mortality rate of like 75%. But here we yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Yet they have all sorts of dra- you know, magic and magicians, but their health care is horrendous. They have no idea what to do. Correct. Um, <laughs> but there's that. So there's that. They, they really linger on re- uncomfortable and tough themes, which I don't dislike, but that will, you know, I dislike it sometimes, but that'll turn off a lot of the public. Uh, and the other thing is, is if you have a hero in the story, um, it's, uh, hold on, don't, don't tell me, Rhaenyra. Yep. I, yeah, I'm very proud of myself. Kill uh, it. Yeah. But she's married to her uncle. And that is all <laughs> out the back of my head. Whenever there's a love scene or they're, they're plotting or talking to each other, there's just incest. It's not just a, it's, it's the core. It's the tentpole of this story is incest. Um, so it is a tough watch, but despite both those factors, I found it very enjoyable. There you go. So you came from you came from lukewarm, lukewarm to in the mix. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about uh, Rhaenyra's uncle Damon, the rogue prince, for a minute. Because yeah. he, he kind of the internet loves him. The internet loves an antihero. Uh, he's basically the stone cold Steve Austin of Westeros at this point. Your thoughts on him as like this antihero WWE nineteen nineties attitude era sensation? That's in terms of like how he's being portrayed on social media. It's, it's really, I think he's better liked on social media than HBO wanted him to be. Is that right? I haven't I haven't followed that trend, but I do have some thoughts on how how his 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 arc um i think we talked about in the last five like the first five episodes he was just like evil mm-hmm. bad guy you love to rate it root against he was really bad he was you know uh, like a king joffrey type but with more agency um and so I, I was fine with that that's great and then the time jump comes and he turns into like a good incestuous husband uh, and he's you know supporting Rhaenyra and uh, he's, he's kind of he, he's more like the Steve Austin where he like he does bad things but it's you know, for the greater good or he has good in him um, and then the last episode he's her, chokes her and uh, chokes his wife in the fur and uh, he was just horrible yes. uh, again and it's just the I, I don't mind characters with like depth and they're not all bad or they're not all good. I think it's fantastic, but it's the wide swings from one to the other. Like we watched him do, he murdered that woman in the veil. What was that? His wife? Yes. His first wife. Yes. He, he murdered her in the veil. Then he, uh, he's done a million bad things. I'm sure you know that you can recount. I can't, but I just know he was really, really, really bad. Uh, and then he was really good. And then he was really bad at the end. And it's just tough keeping up like the why, how is he, how are these wide switches happening and why are they happening? Yeah. And the same can be said for, uh, for Aegon too, um, who was bad throughout, 
who was a, a complete jerk to the uh, the Valerian slash Strong Boys, um, and then just own it. Just go with that and kill the kid at the end. Don't like make it a mistake in the storyline, and now he feels bad or he didn't mean to. I just, it just, it was just confusing to me. Right, right, yeah, right. That's a, I think it's Amond actually, but we'll get to that. Amond One Eye. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Because Aegon's the loser brother, um, who's the king, which is interesting, too. Um, let me stick... All bad, right? Yeah, let me stick yeah. with a, a, a Damon... Uh, it's become a meme, it's become viral. Um, okay. You know, Damon did slice open, uh, horizontally, the head of uh, Lord Corlys Valerian's brother. Um, oh, my question right. for you is, did anybody play themselves harder than Lord Corlys Valerian's brother when he tried to call Rhaenyra's sons bastards in court, because despite being true, um, you know, Prince Damon is looming at your six. He's crazy. Uh, your brother's not even dead yet. His wife's not dead. Your grand, his granddaughters are still alive. And my guy, it was too soon. And once Damon starts goading you by saying, say it, <laughs> at least, at least you may want to turn around and keep one eye on him, so you don't get your slice, your head sliced horizontally by Valyrian steel. Did anybody in the set ten episodes play themselves harder? No, you're, it was com- a completely needless. He didn't have to go. All he had to do was have just an ounce of self control. Yep, um, and he still had a good. He, he was in a good position, relatively speaking. He wasn't a king or anything like that, but he. Yeah, uh, and. And also, it, it's shown by how when Corlys found out that Damon killed him, it was like, well, yeah, <laughs> he's like, well, nothing you can do about that. Yeah, well, really. you, uh, you know, you, you call you call our son's bastard, someone's going to cut his head publicly. off. Publicly, yeah, uh, that's that's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it was just needless. And um, was that in the book, by the way? I can, I cannot recall, though. I think. I think he. I think probably at least Damon killing him was must have been real. Or uh, here's the thing: because Viserys was going to take his tongue either way, right? Like it wasn't like he was walking out of that throne room intact. So you know, instead of instead of losing his tongue, he lost the top part of his head. Um, I do believe that must have happened in the book in some way, shape, or form. Though I cannot confirm. But, but yeah, I have to imagine he had. And that was the thing: is like he. There wasn't much. Was there even scenes in the first, you know, eight episodes with Corliss's brother? I think he was around. He was in a few like a things, but he was never. Yeah. yeah, he was never like a focal point, other than being the guy's brother and maybe, you know, putting up some consternation prior about her, the validity of the sons being actual, actually his nephew Laner's sons versus being uh, Harwin Strong's sons. But anywho, yeah, uh, he, he was a, he was a periphery character at best, like a very periphery character. And then the second he gets his own scene and goes on the stage and he gets his head chopped in half. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's 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 in a season of either own goals or coincidences that went the wrong way. His is blatantly the largest and the least the least necessary for him to have backed himself into. So, yeah, good for him. I will for say, real shot. quick, I, I yeah. will say for him, for him, like the brother, and also like the uh, the strong family. Um, for a lot of these people that I think were supposed to be shocking deaths, they didn't give much, like, I didn't care because I didn't know these characters that much, you know, and that's one criticism I would say, like, there wasn't enough backstory to have, like, there was a lot of deaths, but uh, I cared about as much as, you know, the newborns who I knew about as much about because I I had just met them. Who who also had, unfortunately, shocking and, uh, jarring. Yeah, probably cared about, yeah, those were more shocking. Probably cared more, yeah, right. 
Yeah. Um, so let's get into coincidences, maybe, if you will, versus uh, own goals. But bigger coincidence. I want to talk about both regardless. Bigger coincidence. Aegon the Conqueror, Aegon the Loser's son, who is now king of Queen uh, – sorry, the son of Queen Alicent, or Aegon the Sixth, a.k.a. Jon Snow, all having the same name. Is that a bigger coincidence? Or – Lucerus being sent to House Baratheon on his little baby dragon the same day, at the same time, as his cousin Aemond, who has the biggest living dragon alive and also has one eye, thanks to Lucerus, from stabbing it out years earlier. What is the bigger coincidence to you? Well, the Aegon, I feel like the Targaryens only have like four boy names. That's true. That's um, on them, yeah. That's an own goal as you well. Know, yeah, like, like there's, I don't know, like, there's single digit boy names that are used in the Targaryens. It's Viserys and Aegon. But, you know, I agreed. I agreed. Totally. Um, Sarah's yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, I don't think that's that huge of a coincidence. Um, even their names are incestuous. So I just keep repeating them over and over. Well, of course. And um, listen, you're not you're not worried to give your kid a name like Junior if you're not worried about you know incest. Exactly. So the other one, I guess, is the bigger coincidence. What's interesting though is, I, and you can answer this question. Remember when uh, Damon? was about to take a dragon over to Stormland or to to River Run or uh, wherever it is. Storm's End, I think, yeah. I like Storm's Storm. I like Stormland, though. That sounds like an amusement park. <laughs> it sounds like the Cobra Commander's yeah. uh, headquarters. Um, so, like, Damon was about to take a dragon, but then one of the Storm boys stopped him and said not to, you know, the, my mom said, uh, Rainier said, we're not doing anything. So, so, but if he had done that then, this, all three Storm boys would still be there. I keep calling the Storm, but the Valerian boys uh, would still be there um and they probably would have boros baratheon on their team if damon went on his big dragon correct but but by waiting they had the little storm boy the little valerian slash storm boy go on his little dragon um and the second they saw that big dragon there he should have turned around yeah exactly because you know who's riding the big dragon a guy who definitely doesn't like you and literally has an axe to grind because you cut his eye out yeah he hates you and your family yeah yeah, exactly. But yeah, huge coincidence. Unfortunate. You know, knew it was coming for a number of reasons, but the second that dragon was there, you knew it was bad news bears for uh, Lucerus or Lucerus, whatever we're calling him. Uh, doesn't matter because he doesn't work here anymore. Um, but clearly that is uh, what I found funny slash ironic, more ironic, is that both he and his little baby Billy dragon and his cousin who had the largest living dragon out there. That, yeah, that was a crazy discrepancy. Yes, but they, they were having a lot of trouble controlling their respective dragons. Uh, and what I've learned from the interwebs is they have a sizing chart of all the dragons. Have you seen this yet That's on helpful. Twitter or anywhere? No, I haven't. That's helpful. So there's a sizing chart of all the dragons mentioned by George R. R. Martin in all of his works. And they actually have to scale of like a human, a blue whale, and like a dog or something. You know, like, <laughs> and... The weirdest thing, Dan, and again, for those of you who've seen this on the internet, I'm sorry, but um, Drogon and uh, Viserion and Rhaegar, the dragons of Danny Targaryen, are on this list, and they are tiny, and they are about the size of the little baby dragon that got absolutely Correct. mauled. But then everybody on the internet is saying, oh, no, the show, Game of Thrones, embellished those three dragons but in the books, they were pretty small still. Like they are pretty small still because the books aren't over. Um, I just found it interesting to think that that little baby dragon who got absolutely murdered by Valgar, whatever his name is, 
um, was basically the same size as Danny's dragons in the books because in my mind, Drogon would take out any of those guys. The Ice Dragon would take out any of those guys. But clearly, HBO has just bastardized everything in a world of bastards anyway. Yeah, I, it, it was the size discrepancy of those two dragons was way too big because it made it, it, I don't know, it, it was like, it, it looked like it was a horse against a blue whale. Correct. Um, and that's unfortunate. And so anyway, that was, um, you know, but that's, so basically what we're looking at here is the Targaryen civil war is starting over kind of two bad luck moments, which is a senile king, you know, happened to be talking about um, Aegon the Conqueror and not knowingly talking about Jon Snow, a.k.a. Aegon the Sixth, as the prince who was promised. And of course, Alicent as a boy mom was thinking, oh, it's my son, he's special. My loser son, he's special, definitely. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And then, of well, course, the other... Wait, you have me over here searching dragon charts like a nerd. Oh, uh, bro, you're going to love it when like you I'm find it. Years old again. You're going to love it when you find it, but it's also going to be very disappointing when you see Drogon. <laughs> All right, here's my point. The, uh, the Night's King, of course... Of course, he could have taken down one of those guys with a javelin throw. When I see how small they are in the real world, you know, in the books, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you can take out a flying horse with a, you know, with a well thrown, with a well thrown ice spear. Don't take me back to those last couple episodes, please. Yeah, so. it really turned once the Night King started throwing javelin like he was the end of the decathlon oh. at Tokyo twenty twenty. Yeah, um, anyway, to your, to your point, real quick about the the dragons, you had mentioned uh, about how that became like a big part of the last the last episode where like, you couldn't control them. Yes. And that was never even brought, that wasn't even hinted at or anything until at the, was it the beginning of the last episode where they said, had a quote where like, Oh, we only think that we can control our dragons. Like, you know, it's an illusion. If you think you can control your dragons, right. which is like huge foreshadowing. But like, that was the first time you ever thought like the dragon riders don't have complete control over these dragons. So that had never been intimated before. Correct. And also when you think about, Again, what we've seen in the show, which even though it's, quote, later in time, it's obviously the first thing we saw. Um, you know, I don't think Daenerys Targaryen had trouble controlling any of the three dragons, let alone the one she rode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they kind of always it, did what she wanted. You know what makes me feel not great in addition to the, the all the baby and, and pregnancy deaths and the incest is us – here talking about dragon mythology that doesn't make me feel good as a as a, a middle aged man when I'm sitting here talking about dragons. I like that's I like the show more when it's just like the battle. Give me some people battling each other. I'm not here for the CGI necessarily. I like dragons. Don't get me wrong. Understandable. Well, I will. Uh, get, I but will, it is called you know House of Dragons. So whatever. correct. I that's will get into one more dragon thing in a minute. But oh, first, good, good. but first, <laughs> as a girl dad who mm-hmm. also has a son. Yeah. What's your analysis of Viserys sticking with Rhaenyra uh, in the scene when he comes into the throne room with his mask and half of his face is gone and he once again vouches for her? Like, obviously that's the right move, but as somebody who actually has a son and a daughter, and obviously Viserys had several sons and daughters who made it and didn't make it and who were related to each other, even though they're not, and blah, blah, blah. And yours is not quite as complex as that, Dan. Um, you know, a good good moment for Viserys to kind of stick to his guns there despite – Screwing it up on his deathbed or what? Yeah, I'm thinking though because it's like he knows who's going to be the better uh, monarch. Yes, and I think that uh, and he, and that is Rhaegara, Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry. Rhaenyra, you my, read the second time. My family tree screen. Um, so, all right, so he knows Rhaenyra will be, if allowed to, the better uh, monarch. So I think he's sticking with his guns there. Um, but I think he also knows in his heart, his hearts, heart of hearts that, you know, she's not going to be allowed to take that throne without a gigantic fight. Yeah, she's up um, against it no matter what. Yeah, so, but I have, like, my, it's a different dynamic with my kids, and I feel like, um, you know, my son is the older one. Right. Um, and, and I think he would be a better ruler, and my daughter would be more the Aegon type. Um, so I wouldn't be fighting as hard for my daughter to be the ruler, because I don't know if she would be a, uh, a, a gracious ruler, we'll say. Ah, right. Well, and that's that's key. You're right? You have to be able to wield the power both... Uh... You know, absolutely, yeah, but also she, in the best Yeah, interest. she wouldn't be breeding children and be having these children's fighting pits necessarily, but, you know, an offshoot of that, I'm sure, would be cooking in her mind if she was given complete power. Um, oh. So I, I think she, he, and I'm with Viserys in that he's just going with the better, who's going to be the better ruler. The better personality. Yeah, that's yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, all, hoping, and let the chips fall. That's fair. That's fair. I think it's right. I think it's right. But uh, ironically, you know, he was made king in the opposite decision, which was made by uh, Jaharis when his aunt or s- cousin, Rainus, Rainus was passed Sister. over, you know, the queen who never was. Let me ask you some questions on Princess Rainus because I feel like she had a big last two episodes of the season. Yes, she did. She, Num- yeah, I liked her role. Her role was cool the last couple of episodes. Yeah, number one. Was the moment that she came blowing through the floor of the dragon pit on Malus, her dragon, the first moment of the season when you were finally like, yeah, this show is, I'm in. Like, this show is going to do it for me. Because for me, it was like, finally, they, you know, finally. I will, yeah, yes, but um, I, because like I said, I'm not like, a, you know, I like a dragon scene, but I'm not like here for like, oh, look how realistic that dragon was. Sure. CGI, you know. It was cool as, as like a surprise. I wish there was something else, else with it. I wish it wasn't just like the murder of like a couple hundred poor people that were standing on that floor when she came up underneath it. Okay. I wish she like, I wish she took a took a, some body count from up on the, the, the main stage there. Agreed. She, she did something instead of just like staring at them. Yeah, I mean, I, what I, I mean, obviously, again, it would be a very short series if she had done anything to them. But, <laughs> yeah, but sure. I agree with you that you know. When she slinked away, I said, I just thought she was going to slink away. Uh, and I she, got her reasoning in the last episode when she was like, it's not my war to cast the first, you know, whatever. Cor- era, correct. Know. But, you know, a couple I things, that, a couple but, things on there. I mean, you alluded to it. She definitely could have barbecued the entire Hightower branch of the Targaryen family. Yeah. Uh, and she definitely, you know, ironically, she could have kind of seized power for herself if she had barbecued them all. Because it's kind of like, well, I burned them all to death. I'm in Westeros, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in King's Landing. My dragon is actually bigger than most, but she didn't. And to your point, the other thing that she did, which I, I thought was uh, interesting, is that she actually had the ability to control her dragon, back to your earlier point. Because that dragon gave them the old, you know, dragon breath without the dragon fire. Um, and she didn't have to even say a word to it. You know, whereas, that's again, that's, we just thought that the up until this past episode, we just thought that the dragon riders had absolute control. correct. So she wielded that control that we're used to seeing. Again, not, I'm, again, I, I know it's dragons, but my point is, <laughs> it was a cool scene, and she had absolute power and absolute control. And then, again, ironically, 
you know, her cousins slash great cousins slash whatever the hell they are, you know, they don't. And again, um, I think Westeros may have missed the boat in not naming her to the Iron Throne back when they had a chance. I think as good as Rhaenyra would be relative to Aegon and Viserys' eyes, it sounds like everybody feels like if she had had uh, a Y chromosome, that she would have been the better choice back in the day of Viserys, who by all accounts was not a bad king at all. Fine, yeah, but but she she may have been excellent, you know, and that's just that's just that's like a double miss, you know. It's a double after miss. After watching, after watching Viserys, you know, leave for however many forty, fifty years, however how long was he on the throne? Yeah, I think uh, I think a good fifty, call it. All right, and whatever it was relatively peaceful and everything. They said, um, if they had given the throne to Rhaenys, do you think Viserys would have contested it? No, I don't know. I think he might have been like, it's cool. Yeah, I agree. It seems, you know, I think it seems like, oh, well, she's the older one and she's good. It's and almost for the like good of the kingdom and that kind of deal. Again, this is actually more fun and less less pathetic talk about the dragons. You yeah, know, yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's almost like it's back back at the beginning before the death of Viserys' wife, you know, Renera's mother in childbirth, having that son who was quote the prince for a day. The fact that they were going to name Damon the heir if he didn't have a son. And then they went right to Rhaenyra. To your point, why wouldn't they be like, hey, when he dies, if Rhaenys or whatever, you know, lives longer, why don't we give her the shot she never got, you know? Because also she aged much better than he did because I think she's older than him, Viserys. Yeah, that's why she was given – that's why she was passed over. Yeah, and Viserys uh, has aged like a thousand years in in 40 and she aged zero days like all the male characters and obviously the female characters were swapped out so weird 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 in real life also weird 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 in westeros but yeah i tell you what i kind of stand her at this point no she was the she had she was the most intriguing one she had the best some of the best lines i think she has the most um the storyline that you care most about it, it's been really complicated from beginning in the, from beginning to end because episode one, she's passed over as queen and she has to navigate that. Or she loses both her children to the course of the, uh, the first season and then her husband almost dies and then they have this thing where she's, you know, she. I think she has the most inter- intriguing storyline altogether uh, of she, any character. She does, and I will say this. I was in the Song of Fire and Ice wiki earlier just trying to keep people straight for this show. Oh, cool. Very cool. And I, I happened to, you know, because I read the book, so I'm not going <laughs> to give anything away. But I scanned into her profile and just kind of scrolled through to kind of like remind myself about some things. I was trying to figure out some birth order stuff. Right. Anyway, I was reminded that she continues to be a badass, which is awesome. Oh, great. So it's not like uh, there's there's more to come. Hopefully. As long as they tell the story and hit all the high points that the books hit, I think we're going to continue to see her being a badass, which is cool. Great. Can you hint to me and the other listeners uh, who may not have read, um, next season, you know, we had the, at the end when her son, Lucerys, is killed on that little baby dragon. Yes. Um, like Rhaenyra's, she's going to do a counterattack. You know, that has to be the case don't tell me i'm just assuming yeah what, I mean, uh, what, you know what's the, the uh what, what's the first blow uh in the book at least and you know and just hint at it maybe well i would say i would say this um i think there's just a lot of blows in a very short amount of time in the books that are kind okay. of all you know 
I, I, yeah, I don't know. I would say this. I think we're, it's called the Dance of the Dragons for, for a reason. And, you know, we saw one dragon eat another dragon the other night. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have multiple dragons dancing. And we're going to have multiple riders trying to control their dragons. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an absolute, an absolute bloodbath. And what they said, I remember them. They said in that episode uh, that there's 13 dragons on the planet at the time, or in that world at the time, and there's also some dragon eggs being, you incubated. know, incubated. Yeah, exactly. And by the time you cut to Game of Thrones time, which would be, I guess, about 150 years forward, there's zero dragons left on Earth. So, I guess that's quite sort of right. So, you, you know, it, how this went. not not necessarily good news for the dragons. <laughs> And not only is there zero dragons, like dragons haven't been seen in anybody's lifetime. So uh, at the at the Game of Thrones time, so Correct. it's not looking great for all these dragons. Correct. I was going to say, if it, you know, as bad as the dragons are, uh, you know, it's like great white sharks. It's like actually humans are the real predators. <laughs> you know, and uh, right. there, there you go. So, anything else for you from the last, either the last four apps or just from the season itself? Um, again, I've really enjoyed being back in the realm. I've really enjoyed a reason to be back in Winewall and Dragons. But yeah. anything I've left out that you, you've, you've got that's not Philadelphia Phillies World Series related? Just the one thing I, w- I was going to say, the one thing I had storytelling-wise that I, I didn't like I mentioned earlier, is just these big swings from Damon of being like evil to good to evil again. Um, and how like Amon one-eyed Eamon was evil the whole time, but then at the end, like, commit to it. Just be evil when you kill the series. Let's not have the story time be like, oh, it was an accident, because you were, 10 minutes earlier, trying to get him to cut his own eye out. So it's not a huge leap to think you were trying to kill him. Correct. Um, and I, I think they were trying to do, like, the Jamie Lannister thing, where it's like, oh, we love him, but we hate him. But we had, like, five seasons of hating Jamie Lannister, and then a slow conversion to him being, you know, more likable over two seasons. So it's, it's just tough to have the, the, the meter go back and forth so quick on some characters in a single season. Yeah, the G-Force was a lot. And again, yeah. I think... Take your time. HBO's no pressure in you. You guys, can, you guys have like however many seasons that you want to do this, for sure. Yeah, it's almost like... Because the thing was, the first episode aired, it got a great audience, and then the next morning HBO said they were picking up season two. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they had to rush a little to get enough in <laughs> to like yeah. be ready to roll. Maybe I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, but 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 yeah, I, I agree with you. Space. I'm hoping the pacing. You know, if anything, it's kind of like the former showrunners of Game of Thrones mailed in the last two seasons. Definitely, if not two and a half seasons. Um, yeah, okay. So maybe it was kind of like, well, crap. The fans are used to this. Let's kind of. You know, skirt through the exposition very quickly in the first six, seven episodes, and then if we have a hit on our hands and it gets picked up, my hope is maybe now they can slow it down a little. You know? Yeah. So that'd um, be good. But all in all, it, it probably, I would say it exceeded my expectations. Wonderful. I love it. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it did. I know you were on the fence there a little bit as it, as it started to creep towards the August release date. So I'm glad. I'm glad they landed the plane. Um, yeah. And you know, the and we just have to wait for like forty-three weeks for the next uh, next iteration. Yeah, exactly. We we will be waiting with bated breath. And uh, the good news is they can have the confidence to do it right now. They know we're gonna. They know people are gonna tune in. You know, they know people. They know people. You know, like Restoros. They like dragons, despite you know feeling weird about it. But I'd rather feel weird about dragons than the other. Yeah, some of the other things the show won't stop well embracing. Said. 
you know? Well said. Um, let's talk about the real world. Let's talk about uh, the Philadelphia baseball Phillies. Um, what's the yeah. – is game one tonight? Yes, it is. 8.30 p.m., 8.25. 8.25. I mean, again, uh, I had the pleasure of being in, in the city of brotherly love for the 08 title and the 09 run. And I will say this, the, the absolute passion that your wife, pundit Dara O'Brien, has – for the Phillies is uh, again. She's a sports fan, but I didn't see the Phillies mm-hmm. fever uh, on her. I didn't know about it until I saw it, and uh, so she's got to be over the moon. Yeah, I'm telling you, I forgot about it because it had been well, it's been know, ten it's been, years, right? It's been ten years since they, eleven years since they were in the playoffs. It's been you know thirteen years since they were in the World Series. I and like you were, we were all living around each other when they the Phillies made that they were like four or five years in a row they were in the playoffs, won the World Series that one year. Yep. Um, and so you saw, and we were all downtown, so every, like you know, it was very cool to go to a Phillies game, or like you'd always see people coming back from the Phillies game at the bar, but everybody was talking about the Phillies for those handful of years. And it was great. And I remember my wife was a huge fan too, um, as we all were. Watching her watch these playoffs, though, I have never seen her be so excited. For or I forgot how excited she got for specifically for baseball playoffs. Yeah, because we've had you know we've had a, a Super Bowl in that time. We've had uh, you know some playoff basketball runs, which she couldn't care less about. Really, we haven't really had any successful hockey in the last 10, 12 years. But um, I I've never seen her get more excited for anything than Philadelphia Phillies playoff baseball. Um, screaming, dancing, playing the song after the after the win. Um, Ooh, what's the song? You know, oh, you know, you know, it's a uh, oh, the Robin song. The, yeah, but not Robin's version. Yeah, it's the guy version, right? Yeah, which I I was really against uh, and uh, really mad about, honestly. But uh, in the last week or so, I'm coming around to it. Caleb Scott. That's it, Caleb Scott. Like, well, here's what I'll say to you. I'm going to give you a little uh, bit. Of, I'm going to give you some advice to pass on to the Philly uh, ownership group or whomever via okay. Twitter or whatever. Um, as soon as the Red Sox, because this was the Red Sox celebration song last year, the Robbins version, right? No, no, it was the Caleb Scott version. Oh God, that's so because the Phillies, but okay. So you know, but again, who cares, right? Right? Like, mm-hmm. but the problem was the Red Sox were, I believe, winning the ALCS two games to one. And who do they bring out to sing a live no. version at Fenway Park before game four? None. Seriously. They brought him out. Caleb Scott, they did not win another game this season. They were eliminated unceremoniously. The Astros went on to the World Series instead of the Red Sox. And, of course, the Red Sox came in last effing place this year. So just don't invite him to the stadium before it's you all know, said and it's done. Been talked about. It's been, like, it's been bandied about. Oh, I'm like, sure his agent's like, hey, Scott we played Fenway about. last year. Let's play Citizens Bank. Tell his agent to stuff yeah. it. And apparently he's available, but he's in between like a UK well, and Australia is. tour. Yeah, I'm available. My, oh, my song just went back into the iTunes top 10. Um, I, I am available. Uh, but yet, I, most people seem to be like, no, don't have him here. Because all with that, with the whole Timmy Trumpet thing, with the, the Mets. Oh, all, yeah. All that, that's way. exactly what that fell apart, right? That fell apart right then, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, play the song, enjoy it, have fun. Don't bring the guy in. There's no reason. Yeah. If the guy was like from Philly, if this was like Hall and Oates. Yeah, if it was the Hooters, <laughs> you know, if okay, And We Danced, maybe. if And We Danced was the, you know, the Phillies theme song, absolutely. Bring in the Hooters. They're from, they're from Stelco. Yeah, yeah, it's like, let's go. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you for that tip, and I hope. Uh, so I'm just. I literally. I literally. Because listen, I hate what the Astros stand for. Yes. Um, and so I definitely would just want the Phillies to avoid any own goals, which would be inviting this guy to your stadium before the job is done. Invite him to the goddamn parade. You know what I mean? Um, That's a good idea. If there is a parade, but don't invite him to game three and be like, "Hey, it's our theme song. It's a guy who stinks." No, it's that's now. It is. It, it, it killed the, the Red Sox. Never won another game, and frankly, I don't know if they even won any games this whole year. Uh, no, but seriously, yeah. they were winning two to one. Everybody was feeling themselves. They brought the guy in. They got absolutely murdered that night, and then lost the next two. Couldn't hit again. So, I mean, just invite Robin. You know, at least she's a superstar, and. Uh, I don't oh, know. She's the queen. I mean, she wrote the song for God's sake. Yeah, the good news uh, is Robin's getting money every baseball playoff by some northeastern yeah. base. Whatever team Ky- uh, Schwarber's on, he's just bringing that song with him, and good for him. <laughs> she probably has no idea why her why her uh, her residual checks just jumped. Right. Up so we like, yeah we know, call him Kyle from Waltham because he's two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, he's a local he's a local Boston suburbs guy, so we call him Kyle from Schwarber's? Waltham. And Kyle from Waltham loves himself some Robin, but he loves. Caleb Scott version, and Robin's laughing all the way to the bank, so that's good. I'll tell you, he's been a, I don't know if I want a guy hitting 212 as my leadoff hitter next year, but he's been a really, he's as good a 212 hitter as he can get. Well, here's the thing, he makes all 21.2% of those hits count. Yes. You know, they're not cheap, they're not cheapies, they're just not, they're not as frequent as maybe you'd like, right? So, but no. uh, He'll get a walk here and again. Yeah, he's not, but no, but it's it's great, it's great to see, Uh, so I'm glad Dara's excited. In fact, you know, if this thing, you know, this thing goes and becomes a fun series where, you know, you're going into five, six, seven game territory. Kind of feel like we're going to have to bring her in for like a little below deck Mediterranean slash. You totally should. The, the excitement is infectious. Yeah. Uh, she's been pumped all week for, for tonight's game. Yeah. It's almost um, like if you take the, the clear, lifelong um, indoctrination that is the Dan Ruddle Philadelphia Eagles experience and then yeah. put that into your. Your wife, who is um, just a, a very, very exciting, you know, person to listen to in general, mm-hmm. um, and then it's like, but it's about the Phillies. That's exactly what we're dealing with here. <laughs> it's, it's baseball is her sport. Yes, she's been she's been swayed into football, and she'll you know humor me with basketball. Um, but baseball is her sport, and college basketball is her sport. Um, right. Those are the things she gets most excited for. But baseball takes the takes the rain. Yeah, um, so we'll 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 keep an eye on that. But so you, what's the? I mean, it, the, I'm sure the place is on absolute red alert in terms of. I mean, the, yeah, you know, let alone the Eagles are undefeated, I believe, still. But um, or right, are they still undefeated? Yeah, it's, it's 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 heady company here. The Eagles are undefeated. The the Union are in the uh, the MLS semifinals. Uh, on Sunday night, the Phillies start the the uh, the World Series tonight. The Flyers, out of nowhere, start have a winning record, four and two, five and two. Wow! Um, and they weren't expected. I don't. I didn't think they were going to win five games all year. Um, and then there's the Sixers, but we can. We don't have to talk about that. Well, I'll tell you, um, but it's, it is electric. Yeah, the city is very hyped. Not a ton of work is getting done um, around the city. Everybody's you know you can hear that. Literally, you hear that Caelan Scott song all over the place right now, um, for better or worse. Um, and people are wearing, my kids are wearing red to school today, that whole, that whole thing. Um, they, they, there's what the really good thing, you know, you you know how it is more than most with this Red Sox. You know, when your team, when your favorite team gets to the playoffs, it's super exciting. Um, when it happens once every 10 years or so, it's even more exciting. Yeah. Um, 
And then just to add to that is that like these this team has had a lot of moments in the last couple of weeks. Um, they've got the whole underdog vibe, but they've also had like these big home run moments from their biggest players. And like when your biggest players, like you know Harper and Hoskins and and you know Schwarber, when they are like talking smack and backing it up like every night, that's a huge. That doesn't happen all that that often. When we went through this run before in '08. We had a bunch of really good players. They had, you know, Chase Sutley and, uh, and Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins. And Jimmy talked a little bit, but he was not too much. He was quiet, especially during the playoffs. But they, when you, some people would talk, but other people would have big moments. The big moments were, were from, for the Phillies were from like a Jason Worth, from a Tap Girl, from a Shane Victorino, from Matt Stairs. Sure. Uh, and the big players did fine. But now you have like your top players are absolutely like slamming the bat down and talking crap in between the games and then hitting game winning home runs the next day um, in like the highest pressure situations and that just doesn't happen that often so it's been really exciting to watch as a Phillies fan and to if that can potentially transfer over into the World Series where you're playing like a team like you noted most of America dislikes the Astros uh, for the cheating scandal for just they've been really good for the last five years yeah um, they're they're completely have a better lineup just hitting and pitching than the Phillies do and then anybody else in the major leagues do. So they're a huge favorite. It's the biggest discrepancy in wins between two teams playing in the World Series since like 1906 or something oh, like that. Oh, really? Like wow, wow. Yeah, it's like the Phillies had like 87 wins for the season and the Astros had... Like 110 or something, right? Exactly. Uh, so it's the biggest discrepancy in wins since 1906 um, between two opponents in the World Series. So like... The two teams on paper have no business being, uh, you know, it, it should be 4-0 or 5-1, uh, or, you know, 4-1, 4-0. That should be what the series should be. Um, but seeing if the this team can have a little magic, uh, it should be exciting. We'll see if, like, the player, Bryce Harper, who's been hyped since he was 15 years old, yeah. uh, to be a superstar, he finally gets the main stage. And so far, he's been delivering to see if that can continue. There's just a lot of cool storylines uh, from a Philly perspective, at least. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, the thing about the Astros that I would say to them is, you know, you you better you better hold serve at home because the Phillies sneak one out in game one or two, and then get get game three to go mm-hmm. up two to one. I just feel like the the vibes in there have been crushing teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been it's been super loud and super exciting and I think a lot of it is it's like you said when we were down when you lived in the city from you know it was you know the late 2000s Philly had that run between 07 and 2011 where they playoffs every every year and everybody in their you know late teens to mid 30s would hang out at the ballpark whenever they could yeah. and get tickets and it was a cool place to go and tailgate and whatever and that hasn't been the case in a dozen years right. um, and I think all, everybody that's going down there now our kids who were in o, between 07 were like 10 to 15. and Yeah, they never got to do TV, But never got to party on there and heard about, oh, how much fun yeah. it was. And, oh, you should have been there back in the day. And now they they're get their all, chance. Yeah. They're all in their mid-20s now. Um, yeah. And they're, they are crushing it down there and uh, tailgating and, you know. Yeah, so they're, doing, it's, they're it's living cool that dream, man. They're living that South Philly parking lot tailgate dream. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You well, know, you've been there. You know the the, the luxurious, uh, you know, crushing Miller lights. Oh, it's, it, tell you what, it's, it's have you ever done a football tailgate at a baseball game? Well, if you go to the Phillies, that's what you're doing. You know, it's great. So, <laughs> I really didn't realize that wasn't a thing until you 
mentioned that. No, I mean it's only to my here. knowledge, it's only a thing in Philadelphia. But but who doesn't love a good football tailgate? Why does it have to be stuck for football only? You know, so yeah, for an important. I'm not saying like a, an afternoon game in August, but like yeah, you know, for, for a big game in October, it's got the same vibe. It's a, it's a fall, it's a fall game, right? It's a big game, it's a fall 100%. game. All right, Dan. Well, listen, we uh, our producer in the studio, Charlotte, is now on the baby monitor, wide awake, and uh, on the verge of a potential <laughs> meltdown. So. We will end the pod here for all, all sorts of reasons, but uh, well done by you. Uh, I'm glad that House of Dragon delivered. Glad the Phillies are poised to play for a world title. And, and you know what? Screw the Astros, regardless of the outcome, because no one likes you. No one likes you, Agreed. Astros. Agreed. Oh, breaking news. Jerry Lee Lewis is dead at 87. Oh, my gosh. Well, we hit three big, three big topics today. Jerry Lee, RIP, my friend. All right. All right. Well, give Charlotte my best. Go, Phils. Sounds like a plan. Best of luck to the uh, Phils, and thanks for being on, Dan. Take care.